Hello and welcome back to the Story Analysis Podcast. My name is Lydia and I am here today with my co-host Ashley. And we are here today with yet another of the highly anticipated series. <laughs> we know these are your favorite. Book chaos. <laughs> I'm coming at you with uh, four books today. Is that what you have as well? We'll see. Okay. Wherever the wind takes me. Why, why don't you start with the wind? <laughs> Um, I'm feeling like we're going to start with a pair of books. Ooh. Just because they're part of the same series, same author. Okay. Um, one, I absolutely adored. Mm-hmm. And the other one, kind of sucked. <sighs> so sad. Um, so the book, I don't know what the series is called. That's so hard because it's like, where do I go from here, you know? Well... Um, I read them in the wrong order. Okay. Which maybe is just a testament to her writing ability. Like, maybe she's improved. That could be. That could be. Um, so it's Sarah Adams, and the first book is called When in Rome, and the second book is called Practice Makes Perfect. I don't know if the series has a name or not, but, um, I read Practice Makes Perfect first. It's technically the second one in the series. I have a feeling it's going to pop through all of the siblings Okay. In this family. So this is just the second sibling. And we're not going in any particular order because we started with the oldest and now we jump to the youngest. Oh, but okay. I read the story about the youngest first and I absolutely adored this story. Aww. It's just a cute little contemporary romance <laughs> in a small town, you know, like a Hallmark movie. Mm-hmm. And it's about Annie who lives there with her family and she owns a flower shop lovely and her brother who the first book was about but i didn't know that at the time um is getting married to a pop singer um so that's that's what the whole first book is is that the first the one in rome one yes okay okay um i'll get there um but her the pop star's bodyguard ends up moving to the small town because that's where the pop star is living so he's working there and mm-hmm. he meets annie so it's it's not a bodyguard trope. They misled me. That is sad. Um, but it is about a bodyguard. He's still a bodyguard, which is points. Um, and she has her little flower shop. And they're just really cute. And, like, I don't feel like you always get a romance where the um, male is likable. Yeah, that's true. And, like where he likes the female. <laughs> you know? I know what you mean. Like, real life. <laughs> like, I don't know, he was just vindicating her and her interests and her views and, like, oh, her family's kind of fit her into this box. And they're like, oh, you're a sweet, perfect little Annie. And she's like, I don't want to be that. Like, yeah. I'm 30. I, you don't have to yeah. act like I'm sweet 16 anymore. Yeah, And right. he sees her for who she really is That's and appreciates nice. who she really is. Aww, as and it should be. She's really sweet. That is always nice. I, I really, I mean, we've talked about this multiple times before, but I really cannot get on board the, like... Enemies to lovers. Hate, yeah, hate this each other. is like, oh, I'm just gonna put down you and everything you like, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <Mission> impossible. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he 
just knows. Yeah, it is. You're being too much. I'm putting this away. <laughs> Canyon's in an inflatable cone right now because <laughs> he ripped his toe open the other day and he's just getting stuck in the rungs of the table. Whew. Anyway, <laughs> um, as I was saying, it's nice that he can be this like big strong bodyguard man and not like just just diminish her with her little flower shop. Exactly. And well, and he, like, likes that about her, and yeah. they connect because he has a flower sleeve tattoo, mm. and, like, that means something to him, and he has this, like, I don't know, emotional growth storyline mm. where he, um, doesn't believe in marriage because his parents had such a horrible relationship, mm -hmm. and his brother gets engaged at the beginning of the book, and he's like... Can't even acknowledge it, so oh, he just wow. like doesn't talk to him. Mm -hmm. And then as he meets Annie and starts to get comfortable with her and learn more about her and you know maybe what could be, um, he comes around to the idea of his brother getting married and uh, just nice. adjusts his views a little bit. And it's just like really solid mm -hmm. story arcs, character arcs for both of these people in this you know little two hundred page romance book. Nice. Um, and then when I moved on to When in Rome, which came first, um, sloppy, <laughs> stereotypical, uh, not very likable characters, uh, and they're, they're the same characters, like, not, yeah. it's not the focus, obviously, but we're in the same town, this is the older brother in the family, this is the pop star, mm -hmm. and she loves Audrey Hepburn, and she's having a hard time with her career and where she is in life, and she's just struggling, so she... She goes on a little trip, and then she she finds Rome, Kentucky, like Audrey Hepburn does in When in Rome. Oh, that's funny. She goes to Rome um, to try to find herself, you know? See, I, I was thinking that this was like a Lizzie McGuire movie, like Rome and a pop star, but no, it's an no. Audrey Hepburn movie. <laughs> yes, that was, that was the main motivation, which, like, I feel like maybe the author just wanted to do, like, a cute aesthetic mm. Audrey Hepburn thing, but... Yeah. It's Kentucky, <laughs> and it wasn't good. Like, this, the characters weren't... Mm. It was weird. It was over the top, especially compared to the other one. Yeah. Like, I don't know. They were very different style, oh, even. That and that just seems strange, because the same author. Same universe, too. Yeah, and she was, like, trying to go for the same vibe, I think, but they were very different. Mm -hmm. And I just did not love one in Rome. A little disappointed, because I liked the other one so much. At least that was the one before, because then you can right. maybe be like, oh, she's improving her writing style. I am looking forward to the next one, which I yeah. think is about one of the other sisters. Okay. Um, Whereas, like, I don't know, it's really, really disheartening when they have, like, a great book, and then their next one is crap. Right. And, I mean, I guess that sometimes is because they have to, like, rush it out for the sake of the publisher. That's what this felt like. Yeah. And, you know, like, the good one was first, because that's how I read it. Yeah. But that one came out this year, and I mm. think one in Rome was a couple years ago. Did she ago, have so. ones before one in Rome? I think so. I haven't okay. read anything else by her. Yeah. So I was okay. curious about that. When you're cranking out books all the time, I mean, they can't all be the best, I, I guess. guess. <laughs> I was surprised that the first book in the series wasn't very good, and yeah. the second one was solid. Yeah, that is pretty neat. So yeah, that's that's that. I really enjoyed Practice Makes Perfect. It's one of my favorite books this year. Very wow. simple. Like, that's not a big statement, um, but it's a very good book. Nice. <laughs> I very much enjoyed it.
Nice. Well, I'll start with mine, which is two books as well, as one. And it is the books of my summer, which I found at the Little Free Library. Oh, and my it goodness. is Mary-Kate and Ashley's no. Sweet Sixteen series. Amazing. <laughs> Published in 2002. Yep, and they weren't even the first books in the series. I found book four, I want to say, in the Little Free Library, and then I think I went on Thrift Books and bought book three, because I wanted to see uh, what happened before. Yeah. And um, they are just so fun. <laughs> silly and so funny and I just had a great time because it reminded me of my middle school life yeah. and it's really which was just paralleled in his books I'm sure oh yes we, we were the same <laughs> it's just funny to me how much of girl media the 2000s were such an odd time because like in one breath they were like a great time to be a girl it felt like girlhood was being celebrated it was being catered to for sure but that's just it it was being catered to in a very consumerist way and that was a lot of fun in in yeah. one breath when I you're a girl went to claire's every month probably yep. with my money and yep threw it away exactly <laughs> and like we dominated because the industry went like oh wow this is just a cash cow, teenage girls. And yeah. as much as we were made fun of, um, we were also we really were carrying like... this country on our backs. <laughs> and still are, they are, those teenage girls. <laughs> uh, but, like, there was also this weird culture where it's like they were, we were like sneered at, but also being catered to and empowered at the same time. <laughs> it was really weird. Yeah. Um, but, uh, anyway, all that to say, um, and yeah, also, you know, had eating disorders from a lot of the media and yeah. such, too. So, like, it's a double-edged sword. But these books really showed me just how much, like, all this media was catering to the fact that, like, oh, girls like things. You know, like, <laughs> Mary-Kate and Ashley, like, they take, like, these books are, like, what? tiny little... Probably 100 the, pages. Yeah, 100 pages. The chapters take, like, two seconds to read, you know. Um, but, like, the detail that they're going to describe is, like, the sparkly purple notebook. Yeah. And the pom-pom pen. And the details they're going to describe are the outfits that they're wearing yeah. to the dance. And, Absolutely. you know, they didn't just get a car. They got the pink convertible. And they didn't Absolutely. just get, you know, cell phones. They got to pick the color cell phone they wanted. Mm -hmm. You know. <laughs> one had silver and one had purple. I think so. Yeah. And there was like, <laughs> really stuck out to you, too. That's the only part I read, I think. <laughs> and, like, um... Are you gonna have a being, shopping? Why would you want silver? I know, it's so boring. I, so well, it was the two thousands. Metallics were really in. yeah, but like purple. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I uh, and there's like basically in one of the books like um a shopping montage that you're of reading. Course. You know, absolutely. <laughs> like, and you can hear the Britney Pops ballad in the background. Yes, and she's putting on a fashion show. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a feat that they have this Mary-Kate and Ashley book. And these books, like, I think they were called Mary-Kate and Ashley. The characters were called mm -hmm. Mary. That was their name. They didn't have different names in this series. Um, but they're all these just little adventures. And I was l looking at, like, 
all the books in the series. I think there's like 20 of them. Maybe Amazing. 26, okay? And, Talk about a cash cow. Um, there's like four authors that are taking turns. Mm-hmm. And as a writer, <laughs> I was just like very impressed that they all managed to hit the... I mean, I've only read two. Maybe some of them will be different. But like they managed to hit the same tone across the board. And maybe they all have the same editor. I don't know, you know? And, like, they, the, the one right after the one I read was keeping consistent with what came before, you know, mm-hmm. with their storylines. Like, they, you know, Mary-Kate was still da- dating Jake, uh, but Ashley had broken up with Ben, you know? And, you know, like, all these different things. And I was just like, it's just so interesting when you have multiple authors just passing back and forth. That's just... Making these little kid books forum writing. It's just forum fan fictions. Yeah, I know, right? But it's just... The more you look into these things, especially things written for children or written off of franchises, like, there's this huge part of the publishing um, industry, which is just fan fiction. Mm-hmm. And everyone likes to look down at fan fiction. Well, we we talk about that now. Yeah. We didn't in the 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it is, you know? Yep. Like, George Lucas isn't writing the little middle grade Star Wars books. <laughs> Like, yeah, he is. <laughs> Knowing that. He always has. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Just such a specific skill set and niche thing to have written Mary-Kate and six Ashley Mary thing. Kate and Ashley middle grade books for the Sweet 16 yeah. series. Probably put her kids through college. You know? <laughs> Amazing. I love it. Anyway, it was fun. It brought me back to being a child. And I read them by the pool, which yeah. was probably weird, but I decided not to care about it. Who's looking at my Mary Kate and Ashley books and judging me? Uh, probably not anybody. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your turn. Um, do you have three more to talk about? No. I have, yeah. Yeah, three more to talk about. Okay. Then I will talk about three more. Um, <laughs> the next one that I will bring up was a recommendation from my father. Oh! <laughs> um, back in, like, d- December or January. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And I think I put it on my, like, hold list on the Libby app mm. um, for the audiobook because it wasn't available. And I was like, okay, whatever. Forgot about it. Six months later, I don't know. It was probably, when did I read this? May. Okay, not six months later, but quite a while later, it finally became available. And so I started listening to it, and it was so exciting. Ooh. I did not anticipate that. Like, I don't say, I'm not going to say my dad doesn't have good taste, but. (laughs) They're not always the same taste as you. (laughs) I just was kind of blown out of the water by how exciting this was, because it's definitely, like, a thriller. Yeah. And I didn't even know that. Mm. Um, it is called Local Woman Missing by Mary Kubica. Okay. I don't know how you say her name. Does she have a bunch of books? She does. Um, I haven't read any others yet. I think there was one that was available mm. on Libby as well, and I struggle with audiobooks. Mm-hmm. And this one was not as exciting out the gate, so mm. I think I just returned it, but... Her other ones might be just as good. I don't know. That was an older one. This yeah. is more recent, I think. Um, 2021. 
no, I lied. That's it was published in May. I read it in July. Whatever. Okay. Um, but it I don't even know where to begin. Okay. This I did listen to it, so I am sure that I missed a lot, but it was so exciting. They had like six different narrators for different parts of the book. And um ultimately you're like jumping back and forth in time from present day to the future. I don't think you go to the future, but you definitely go to the past. Um and then back to present day from all these different perspectives. And, like, this woman goes missing with her kid. And then, like, it's been a decade, and they find this little girl. Hmm. And they think it's the child that went missing. And, like, you're slowly getting all the pieces put together, and it was just exciting. It does sound exciting. And so well told. I really liked the different narrators, and um, it's been a while now. I didn't retain much of it, but... It was twisty and turvy and super exciting and different than a lot of the other things I've read this year. So. Yeah. Like a thriller? Yeah. Okay. It was just really fun. Yeah. And um, I didn't know what to expect. And I felt like they subverted my expectations in good ways. You yeah. know, yeah. like anytime I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. here we go. Then it was like, nope, just kidding, oh, and fun. it was really exciting. Um, I also, like, props to my dad, he probably would never have even considered this, but um, this is kind of woke. Okay. Just, like, in a good way, I feel, mm-hmm. because, like, all the characters are women, pretty much. Okay. And that's not the point. That's nice. And I appreciated that. Yeah, And I thought that was fun. And there were just very many different women coming from different perspectives. And I thought most of them were pretty dumb. But... (laughs) Yeah, right, right. (laughs) Still just different walks of life and different motivations. And um, most of them making bad choices. But... (laughs) Yeah. It's a very exciting story. I enjoyed it. That sounds fun. It kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, the Leanne Moriarty books that I've... Probably right. similar. Right. I don't think it was as many characters. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, and some of them have more, some of them have less, yeah. but it's usually, like, multiple different people, and there's usually, they're usually not good people. Right. And, like, it's just usually, like, something's going down, and you're, like, figuring Trying it out. Trying to figure out. But, like, they yeah. don't even know something's going down half the time, and yeah. you just, as a reader, are like, oh boy, what's gonna happen? Yeah. This was just, like, figuring out who killed this woman. hmm And I can't remember, I think they they the conclusion was she had killed herself because they found her body mm-hmm. and then um like slowly it uncovers this just really convoluted plot to cover up a different murder yeah and yeah it's good i highly recommend nice. i won't spoil it yeah <laughs> that's fair those kind of books you got to be careful with it it's half the fun mm-hmm. right yeah mm-hmm. all right well the next book I have is a book club book that I mm. read or I listened to. AKA Lydia hated it. Listen, this book was weird as heck. And every Lydia single person in the book club it. was like, what did we read? And I, I literally was listening to this book going, I should love this book. The mm-hmm. writing is beautiful. Mm-hmm. These are all things that I like. Like we're literally spending time on like talking about the merits of D and D, you mm-hmm. know, like, and it was magical realism, which also I'm like determined to like because like <laughs> those that, that that magical realism sounds exactly like what I want when you just say it. 
but I have read multiple books that are magical realism, and I'm just like... It's like my Western. What? Like, I, I should love Westerns. Yes. I love the idea of what I want yes. Westerns to be. Yes, But they're not that. There's something else uh, entirely, and I, I hate don't, it. <laughs> I, I have just read so many things in this genre now that I've just been like... And I'm okay with, like, suspending disbelief. Like, okay, sure. I'll just get on the boat and you just take me out to sea. I'm not going to ask any questions. Like, yeah. I try very hard to do that. I like Alice in Wonderland. That's a nonsense book, mm -hmm. you know? I like Spirited Away. That's like a fever dream, you yeah, know? Right. Like, I, I can enjoy that kind of thing. <clears throat> but the magical realism things that I've um, enjoyed, did not enjoy, um, are just, like, not magical enough. You know, it's like there's reverse. It's like it's like realistic magical. You know, like it should be reversed because there's really yeah. not much magical about it. And then it's just like uber gritty, but like in a way that doesn't make sense. And I'm just like, okay. Anyway, it's magical realism <sighs> for cynics. It's I don't know, but and this was like didn't seem like it was going in that direction. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And the hard part for me was that it was just so convoluted. Um, it's called The Starless Sea. I was say, it's called, let me, let me take it back. What's the book? It's called The Starless Sea, okay? And it's by the same author who did The Night Circus, if you've ever heard of that book. It was very popular when it came out in the booktube circles. Have you read The Night Circus? No. Okay. I've had it, just have not been in the mood Is it for it. Is also considered magical realism? I think it was probably one of the first really popular books that, I don't know if the genre really had a name at that point. Okay. But I, I, I probably was one of the founders. Um, I mean, I'm sure the genre existed, but I'm not sure it had a name. Probably you know not I mean? here <laughs> in the U.S. As yeah, much. like I'm not sure they like gave it a category as the books were it being written. It was in like Colombia and yeah. Japan. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so there's this this like oh, it's just so hard to even explain it. There's like you start off hearing about this like man in a cell. And someone, this, like, woman's going down the steps, and it's like, seems very D&D in your mind. Like, is he a pirate, you know? And she's giving him bread. Like, <clears throat> okay. Then we jump to the next bit. And it's like, there's these scholars. These scholars, and they are tasked, and, you know, if they go down and they're selected into the scholarly thing, they never leave, unless they do leave. And, and they're tasked with telling stories and keeping the keepers of stories. And it's all like these really pretty phrases that never actually explain anything, which is kind of part of the genre. Mm. Um, and it's like, okay. And then all of a sudden we go to like our main character who is Zachary Ezra Rollins. Okay, they say his full name every other sentence. And um, he's at college, university, whatever. And he's, like, checking out this book from the library, and he's going to his meetings with his friends, and he's just, like, really drawn to this book. And somehow we get to a masquerade ball, and he meets this guy, and follows this guy, and all of a sudden he's, like, they're being chased, and he has to take this book somewhere to finish the story. And they go down through a door. And there's all this talk about the Starless Sea. And they're meeting all these characters. And it's, uh, if you open the door to a story and you have a hallway. And the hallway is the plot skeleton. Okay? Like, if I just walk down this hallway, I'll get to the end of the story. Every part of this book was just doors off the hallway opening into little chambers. Little mm -hmm. side chambers. And... Some of those side chambers were very enjoyable because we just stop and we tell this little story about this girl 
who, you know, went with her mother one day. And it's probably medieval times, and, you know, she sees this house, and she can see dead people. And she talks to the, the, the Owl King, and he tells her blah, 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 you know. And then all of a sudden we're over here, and it's this innkeeper. And uh, this woman comes and stays at his inn, and he's, you know, he just has such a lovely time talking to her. And he's never felt lonely before, but suddenly it seems terrible, the idea that she might leave, you know, and... And then all of a sudden, and you're thinking, I'm pretty sure this woman is the sun. Like, literally. And I'm pretty sure she's meeting the moon here. Literally. Oh, like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, like, these are, like, beautiful little tales, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to take away from the fact that some of this writing is just, like, lovely. And they're, like, little fairy tales or little fables, almost. Mm -hmm. And, like, they're just so fun. But the main plot is such a struggle and I got about two-thirds of the way through this book, and I was just trying to go with it. Like, don't question it. It's magical realism. Just ride the waves, you know? And I go, maybe this author's a genius, and she's going to find a way to connect all of these sure. things. And I should have been taking freaking notes or something. Like, this is where I'm at, about two-thirds of the way into this book. And, like, I'm pretty sure all these characters in this story are also characters in all these little side stories. And they're all, like, three different entities in one. Mm -hmm. And it's the idea of stories being told and retold and retold and retold over and over and over again, you mm -hmm. know? And I think it's all a metaphor. And we keep having these things like the lovers and the, the, the owl king and the the bees and all these different symbols flying around too and I'm just so confused but maybe I should be trying to figure out like maybe she's a genius you know and I get to the end of the book and she might be a genius but I also feel like nothing was really tied together and I don't think some of it was but I also was like, this is one of those books you gotta like look up articles, okay, to see if other people are feeling how you feel, yeah. or if you missed several somethings, you know. And a lot of the articles that I was reading from people were like, well, yeah, I think the bees are a metaphor for this, but I took it like this, and then all people would comment and be like, I don't think she ever really gives us a way to know. It's just supposed to be you making what you want to make of That's it. That's like the Barbie movie. And I don't like the you just make what you want to make of it very much, you know? I don't, yeah, that's kind Especially of its Especially if you are going to connect some of the dots and act like there's broader, deeper themes in it, you know? Yeah. Like in Alice in Wonderland, like a nonsense tale like that. Sure. You can have some of those things, maybe, you know? But it's like... Oh, but this actually means this, and this actually represents this, and now they're going to be the ones in the story, and they represent the lovers, but also the Owl King, but also this, but also that. Oh, but no, it doesn't actually all. Tie it up. just feels flaky to me. Yeah. Commit to something. I struggle. <laughs> I struggled, and and honestly, beyond that, because like if I listen to it three more times, you know, maybe I feel confident in connecting all the dots and just be like, yeah. wow, she's brilliant. The characters were not very flushed out. The relationships didn't really care about them. Mm -hmm. The plot's obviously not really there. Mm -hmm. It's just chaos. Yeah. And so I do kind of get to a point where it's like, well, maybe she's a genius, but this really just felt like a brain game, if that's the case. Yeah. And I don't think it connected enough to be a brain game completely, because mm -hmm. it's magical realism. And so it's just kind of Nothing like... Means anything. 
It just kind of kind of made me feel like, oh, I, why did I read this? Yeah. Like, is it just for the pretty words? Because it was really pretty. And if I sat down and physically read that book as opposed to just listen to it, mm-hmm. I can't decide if I'd be angrier that I, like, wasted more time or if I would have just, like, enjoyed the writing so much right. more that it would have improved my feeling at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. really love the little fables and stuff so much more. Because... Yeah. Um, yeah, the way some of the sentences that she wrote, gorgeous. You know, some of the scenes she painted, very beautiful, very lush, but chaos. Every single one of us were like, "Well," <laughs> and then like that was a book. My the, my friend who who liked it was like, "I liked it, but." I assumed that, you know, like, because I wasn't feeling very well, I just wasn't, like, I was zoning in and out of it. And we were like, no, that's how we all felt. It just, you just so can't. So, reading the book is like being sick. <laughs> you just can't track with it. <laughs> What's the author's name? Erin Morgenstern? Stern? Okay. I'm pretty sure. Because I, I don't know any other book than The Night Circus. I'm not sure if she has other books than The Night Circus and The Starless Sea. But interesting. I was really convinced that the author of the Night Circus was a man, but I don't know why I thought that. Mm. No, it's this lady. <sighs> and that's what I have to say about that. Fascinating. <laughs> Fascinating. What's your next book? My next one is the whole reason that I made you do this tonight. <laughs> She's bursting at the seams. And I will be spoiling this one for it um this is on the subject of fan fiction um a fan fiction mm-hmm. of tangled oh we love tangled and there is a whole series i, I think they're called twisted know, tales twisted tales yeah i've seen them for a long um, time yeah and i didn't realize how many there were I but they're either. just retellings of the disney princesses pretty much villains I, too right i don't I don't know. Okay. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Because I kind of thought that's what this was going to be, mm-hmm. but it's just a retelling. Okay. Like, it's of not story. about the villain. Like, she has point of view chapters, mm-hmm. um, and it didn't make Rapunzel the villain. Maybe the other books are different. I yeah. don't know. Because that's kind of what I thought was it was a twisted tale, like we were going to make Rapunzel the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, or it was going to be about Mother Gothel. And anyway, it is called What Once Was Mine. This one is by Liz Braswell. Okay. Um, I love the cover. First of all, I love Tangled. Like, I've oh, never yeah. loved a princess, Disney princess movie, and I'm probably way too old for this one to be my favorite, <laughs> but um, this came out when I was 18, and I loved it. Beautiful. And it's still my favorite. It's so great. I was like, obviously I have to have this book. The cover's gorgeous. I love Rapunzel. I mm-hmm. love Tangled, and this sounds so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was fun. Um, the twist is that Rapunzel's mother was given a potion made from the moon flower instead of the sun or moon drop flower instead of the sun drop flower. Oh. So she has silver hair and her hair kills people. Oh. Um so she as an infant kills her nurse because she's like, you know, a fit of baby rage. Um and the nurse just drops dead. And so her parents are like, What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And they decide to, like, find a witch who can protect her from herself, and Mm -hmm. um, they'll lock her away in a tower. 
and Mother Gothel rises to the occasion and is like, oh, of course I'll do this for you. Uh-huh. And takes advantage of the situation and is planning to sell her off to the highest bidder when she's an adult. Wow. Um, so then, you know, the rest is kind of the same where she sees Flynn Rider, mm-hmm. goes after him and makes wants him to take her to the lights. Okay. And this is where it started to lose me a little bit. Yeah. Um, because we never get to the lights. And the lights are the whole point. <laughs> um, there's another character named Gina. I was a little worried that we were going to have, you know, like a love triangle between oh. Rapunzel and Gina and Eugene, uh-huh. or Flynn. Um, that never happened, so I was grateful oh, for that. Bad. Um, and she was just kind of a side character, and then I realized later on, the whole purpose of this retelling is that there is this girl in the hospital, she's going through chemo treatments, and her twin brother is telling her a story. Aww. Um, and she loves Tangled. hmm And he's like, I'm tired of reading this book. I'm going to retell it in uh. my own way. <laughs> so he does, and that's, we revisit them in the hospital as he's telling this whole story. But anyway, they're twins. At the end, you find out that Eugene and Gina were probably twins separated as children. Um, and so that was the point of Gina. That's Which so I appreciated a little bit more later on. Yeah. She was tied into the story because she had an adoptive mother who was a witch in the woods who helps Rapunzel uh, learn how to control her hair. It oh. doesn't just kill people. Like, oh, okay. she goes through the moon phases, you know, mm. and she can help people with her hair. She can use it for evil. She can control it, which she didn't really know before. Nice. So she was afraid of it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, a little Elsa <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. I really loved parts of this. Mm-hmm. I liked the beginning of the journey. They kept it kind of tangled-ish, where like some parts of it were goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, like a kid's movie. And they did keep the romance in there, but they refused... To let Flynn be a hero at all. Aww. And. That's sad. I feel like they let, you know, because it's a big deal. Yeah. The princess has to save herself now. Ugh. She couldn't ever possibly be saved or have help. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Tangled as a You'd movie. You'd think a bunch of burnt out millennial women uh, would stop doing this. You'd think. <laughs> I feel like Tangled walked that line really well. Yeah. Like, he, you know, she wasn't helpless, but he definitely made a difference for her and, like, was dying when he helped her. Yeah. Um, and she still saved him. Yeah. And I appreciate that story, but, like, I don't know. It's, why is he there if he can't do anything? Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of how he felt in this book. Um, and, I don't know, it got a little bit more and more convoluted. Hmm. And I didn't love that. And then we got to the end, and I was just like, ah, didn't bring it home for me. Oh. It was a little, it was a letdown. Oh, that's so sad. Uh, and, yeah, I don't know, it was kind of long. Yeah. Like, it was kind of long for the little bit I just said. Yeah, right, right. It went on for a long time. So and... It's kind of a thick book. Mm-hmm. It just could have been so much better. Yeah. And, I don't know, I guess I just wanted Tangled, you know? Yeah, right. And it was, obviously it had to be different, but I was like, you still could have done this better. Yeah, sure, sure. So anyway, that's really all I have to say. Just nice. 
just not didn't quite bring it home. No, I was like, man, this is so fun. Maybe I want to get all of these books. What a fun concept. And yeah. then I finished this one and I was like, we're not going to buy any more of those for a while. Uh, we got to just we'll reassess. <laughs> well, yeah, I could see cuz like how often I mean, like I've written fan fiction, like you watch something and you're like, "Oh, but what if this happened?" Right. But you want to keep the elements that you liked about it. And Well, and some of them were there. Like yeah. I was worried that they weren't going to have him in there or she was going to be interested in Gina or oh, something. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "I am not here for this." Yeah. But then they were still a thing. A couple. And they were still cute. That's good. And he was still, like, on her side, you know, defending her right away. And I was like, okay, I like that. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, okay, he's just going to be wounded and useless and still determined to help her, but, you know, she still has to go save him now. Yeah. Why does he have to be a damsel, you know? Well, that's just it. We don't have to reverse the issue, you know. Well, that's just it. Or create new ones, either. The issue is when a female character has no purpose aside from being a pawn or whatever yes so why are we doing that with the men exactly no kidding Ugh. all right my next book i loved what i loved i it. don't believe it i loved it so i don't much. believe it, for a it second. was the best i think you're lying i um was it another mary kate national <laughs> no <laughs> um Cover purchase, not really cover purchase. I had my eyes on these books for a while because I had heard about them and they sounded like something I would like. Are you talking about more than one? Well, I bought more than one, but I have only read one of them. Okay. Um, and um, I finally went to the store and saw them in all their beautiful glory right next to each other. And the second one was even prettier than the first one. And they were in paperback, so they weren't even that expensive. Mm -hmm. And I was like, these are mine. They're coming home with me. And and, (gasps) You're uh, coming home with me. (laughs) On a true turn of events, I read one right away. Who are you? Can you you even believe it? No. And it was a great choice because I absolutely loved it. And it's called Six Crimson Cranes. Six of Crows. (laughs) Six Crimson Cranes. And it is this beautiful fantasy story, um, and it is kind of set in, like, a mythological Japan slash Asian, you know, country, Mm -hmm. so a lot of the customs are very reminiscent of, like, Japanese customs and such. And, um, your main character is a princess in, um, this palace. Her father's the emperor. She has a stepmother. And she's got nine older brothers. Nice. And, no, six older brothers, obviously. Too many. (laughs) Regardless. And, um, she is just... Nine crimson cranes. (laughs) Nine crimson cranes. Um... Basically, she is just living her life, and during, like, this, like, I don't know, Harvest Moon Festival or something, it's just very atmospheric. Harvest Moon Ball. Yes. Very atmospheric. I absolutely loved it. And, um, she, like, meets this boy there, and he's, like, a dragon, like, in his human form. Nice. And, um... Before that, I think you open the book, it's, like, a prequel chapter, maybe, and she's, like, drowning. And, like, she, like, reaches out and, like, something saves her. Nice. And then you find out what happens is, like, in the beginning, I think she's, like, 16, of the book, she's, like, betrothed to this prince and she doesn't want to meet him. And she's, you know, a little entitled, a little 
feisty, a little bratty. Um, and she just like runs away. She runs to the lake and, um, that's when she drowns and something saves her. Well, you find out that who saved her was this dragon boy and you find out he's like this prince and, um, he's like, you have magic in you, etc. And she's like, we don't have magic here in our kingdom anymore mm. after, I don't know if it was all, after all the dragons left or whatever. And, uh, you find out that he saved her from drowning by putting a piece of his, like, dragon pearl, which is, like, his life force or something like that, inside of her. And, um, anyway, this is all more fleshed out in the book than I'm saying right now. Uh, you basically yeah. find out that, um... Same for all of the ones I talked about. <laughs> uh, Very just, sloppily. I feel like it sounds really chuck full of chaos, but it didn't feel that way reading it. It felt like it was a... I'm tracking a, with you. ...a well-built fantasy world. And, um, she... Uh, you find out at some point she's, like, spying on her stepmother. And her stepmother has this, like, garden full of snakes. And her stepmother, like, takes out this, like, what looks like this giant dragon pearl that she stole. And she, like, transforms into this, like, giant snake. And, um, or, like, snake woman. And you, this, her daughter just, like, is like, oh, my, my stepmother is evil. She's a monster. She's been lying to us, you know? And, um, the stepmother finds out that she's spying on her and she curses her, sends her to a land, like an island far, far away. She makes it so, uh, she has this like, like bowl covering half of her head so no one can see her face. And she curses her and tells her that, um, if she tells anybody what she's, what the stepmother has done, mm. one of her brothers will die. Nice. And then she chains all of her brothers into cranes. Amazing. And they're kind of like, like, inverse wear cranes. Like, like, they, like, they're what? humans at night, but they're cranes during the day. <laughs> like, with the sun, they, okay. they turn back into humans at the end of the day. Um, and, um, it was just, so she's gotta, like, it reminded me of Spirited, um, Spirited Away. A little bit Spirited Away, but just, like, Ghibli- also to a certain extent because she's like working in the kitchen as a servant girl mm -hmm. like trying to make her way back to her kingdom to save her brothers and tell everybody and like the kingdoms are starting to go to war with each other and she realizes people are like looking for the lost princess and but she can't say that that's who she is um and she ends up going to like this other kingdom like she kind of like manages to get somewhere with it and she meets this like this young soldier and he's really nice to her anyway she gets to this other person's house and like they're treating her terribly and she suspects there's things going like wrong people are going to try to betray her country and she's still trying to get back home and she meets her brothers at some point and they're taking care of her but like they can't get back home until after the snow is over and like um she's staying with her brothers and she can they can communicate with her at night, obviously, because they're humans, you know, and, um, but she can't tell anyone they're cursed, and she's got to find a way to break the curse, and, like, there's certain magical things they can go to get to break the curse, and, like, they have to steal this, like, these, like, nettles and weave a net from this island to trap the dragon pearl and get it back to the king of the dragons, won't let him do it because of, I don't know, it's just this whole thing. Um, it's very exciting, but at some point she's stuck at this other place in this other castle, and she realizes that, like, this soldier boy who was so nice to her, um, is the boy she was betrothed to. 
Amazing. And I really like that aspect of it because he's, like, a really nice person. Mm -hmm. And, like, despite herself, she kind of starts to like him. Nice. You know? And um, it wasn't dramatic. It it wasn't any... It was just, like, this sweet, slow-growing little, like, romance on the side. Good soup. And, like, she's becoming a better person throughout all of this. And, like... She's trying to make her way back. It was very exciting. There's a couple little parts there where I was like, that felt a little convenient and could have been edited out. But, like, it was just very magical. And, like, that's what I want magical realism to be a little bit. And it, it really wasn't, like, nonsense. Like, it had a plot. It had mm-hmm. a structure. But it was very much just like, and this is how the world works. I was like, okay, that's how the world works, you know? And this is the myth. That's okay. called fantasy. I know, I know, I know, I know. But, like, it was like... <laughs> It was a little Have simpler. Have you tried fantasy? <laughs> yes, I like fantasy. Um, but, I don't know, it, w- it was, like, whimsical and just kind of like, and then this is happening mm. at times. Maybe that's just the YA-ness of it all. I don't know. But I didn't feel like it was poor writing. I felt like she did mm. a really good job. I really enjoyed her writing style. Um, it kind of reminded me of Christina's. Funnily enough, <laughs> so like I was really having fun reading it. And, it's her pen name, yeah, right. Um, and I just, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Wow! And I am excited for the second book. I can't believe that you read a book that you like. She's going to the underwater dragon kingdom in the second book. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm a little worried. Because I'm pretty sure there's going to be a little bit of a love triangle between this dragon boy and her and this man. I would hope. Dragon but, boy. But, like, I don't... Come on. I'm not on team dragon boy. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I like the nice soldier that she's betrothed to. I like okay. dragon boy. He's a good man, and good men should not have to finish last for spoiled little dragon boys. <laughs> well, but they're dragons. <laughs> Are there only two books? Yes, it's a duology. But there's also, she's writing a book that's the story of her stepmother. Oh, nice. When she was a girl. That's fun. And, because, like, you find out about, I'm not going to spoil it, but you find out about, like, her stepmother's origins and a Mm. lot more to do with her at the end of the book. So, I think that would be fun. There's more where that came from. That would be a fun tale to to enjoy. Anyway, your turn. Okay, this is the last one that I'm talking about. And then I have one. Okay. Um, so this is one that you told me to read. What? Um, and this is one that Caveat took me six months to read. I told you to read a book. Um, you'll understand. (laughs) I feel bad that it took me this long to read this book because it was really good. Okay. And it did not warrant me taking six months Uh to read it. It just is kind of sci-fi. Oh, I know what book this is. Now. Um, and that's not something I've ever read before. Mm-hmm. It is it's YA. It's easy. It's a fairy tale. It's called Cinder. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a retelling of Cinderella. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't like fully immerse myself. Like every yeah. time I did, I was like, oh yeah, I like this. Yeah, yeah. And then I would get distracted, and I was reading something else, or I was doing something else, and it's like I've never been in the mood to read about you know China five hundred years in the future type of thing. Yeah, futuristic, cyberpunk, sci-fi. Yeah, about a cyborg, okay? Like, Mm -hmm. it's really not my vibe. So it's hard to be, like, in the mood to read it. Yes. No, I totally... I'm a mood reader. I Um, understand. (laughs) So it took me so long, but I finished it, and I was like, that was really good. Like, you had said it was really good, Mm -hmm. and it is. 
it's really solid world building. Mm-hmm. There's like it, there's a level of like political thrillerness that's mm-hmm. like really exciting and intriguing and mm-hmm. I didn't anticipate that from a YA book. Mm-hmm. I don't like political thrillers. I'm invested in this one. Um and yeah, I don't know. The the fairy tale element was like so subtle. Yeah, well, that's just it's it. like a breath of inspiration in there. Yeah, I, and I, in the era of fairy tale retellings, which I feel like has been for ten years now, a decade. You Probably, know? like we went from vampires to everyone was doing fairy tale retellings. I just don't feel like any of them are good. You, well, that's just it. I feel like the Lunar Chronicles, yes, which is the, this series. Is the first book of, has done such an amazing job. Like just like. Get, taking that fairy tale and being like, I got a subplot slash plot for this book, and that's all they're using it for. Yeah, you well, know, and that's just a, like there are elements in here where I'm like, I don't think that's anything from Cinderella. I think that's yeah. all this author. Yeah, she but I don't this whole world even know. Like maybe there are hints that I'm not even aware are in the fairy tale that are in this book. I yeah. don't know. And like you know, I mean, how many times has Cinderella been retold? Exactly. Hundreds of thousands of times. Yeah. And, like, you know, maybe that's a little tidbit from a different version. Yeah. I don't know how far she went with it, yeah. but... Um, I, I do wonder if you'll like uh, Cress better than you liked the Twisted Rapunzel retelling. I'm excited. <laughs> I did just start Scarlet, which yeah. is the second book in the series, and I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm only 70 pages in, mm-hmm. so I might not continue to love it. We'll mm-hmm. see. But... I'm hoping I can read it faster than, you know, six months. Yeah. Well, you, now you're more into it. Well, so and maybe... we watched Firefly in the yes, middle of this. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of a similar 500 years in the future. Yep. This is how the world is now. Yep, there yep. are people on other planets, you know. Um, there's also a really, this is going to be a weird suggestion, but there's, you know, like the ambiance sound videos. Oh, sure. There is a lot of them that have, like, the screen okay saver or whatever yeah is like futuristic space punk amazing and so like it might be nice to just fully like, immerse put one of those on and read that's a good idea <laughs> i do Give read better a when visual <laughs> a, you know consistent sound like that lo-fi space yeah. punk mm-hmm. setting <laughs> i'll have to try that um so yeah anyway i just really like i like the world yes. it's just so different from what i normally read especially yes. mm-hmm. um that it was a little bit hard for me to actually get into it. And I also, I liked Cinder, like, as a character, her. Um, I didn't, I don't know, she didn't, she wasn't, like, outstanding to me in any Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. So that was also kind of hard. Like, I kind of liked the prince better than I liked her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, She was fine, but I didn't find her particularly exciting. And, like, I guessed where they were going with her true identity, Mm. probably. That was probably part of the issues like that wasn't a reveal to me right um i didn't i don't find her annoying and plenty of no. main character ya are very annoying and she was not so yeah well and that might have i'm not positive but that might have been that author's debut even i'm not sure that's and, very impressive because i don't i don't think she was necessarily on the scene at yeah. least before cinder it did not read like a ya no for me it felt like for me, part of the reason I liked it was, like, I grew up with Star Wars. Yeah. And it's a very similar visual, yeah. that world in Star Wars. And um, 
I read and wrote a lot of, like, fan fiction mm-hmm. that was Star Wars-y. And so, like, Cinder just really fit into that. Like, Star Wars, but for teen girls. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, kind of Jupiter Ascending, mm-hmm. kind of not. You know? And, like... Well, and this one has... Obviously, they're in New Beijing, so I, I assume yeah. that it's, like, China yeah. many, many years mm-hmm. in the future. Um, which I kind of like. Yeah. Just that aspect of, like... It's still our world, but it's different. Yeah. Um... So anyway, it had Asian elements. I figured you would mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I thought that was it was cool. Mm-hmm. It just feels so fleshed out. It well, that's just it. It really does. It's hard to find that kind of world, like subtle world building, but good world yeah. building. Like it's kind of even unspoken, but it's exactly. there. Exactly. And you you You've understand got the it visual, so well. and you yeah. understand it in YA. Mm-hmm. It's just really hard to find that yeah. in YA. Mm-hmm. It's not something they dwell on often. Right. So, kudos for that. Yeah. I really loved that. Mm -hmm. And the beginning, I'll just get into it a little bit. I'm sure I'll talk about it in full next time. Maybe I'll have read the other ones. Mm -hmm. Um, The beginning of Scarlet, I like the setting a little bit better, just because it feels a little less... A little less spacey somehow. Are they in nature more in Scarlet? A little bit. She has a farm. Yes. It feels a little bit more like... Planet side. (laughs) Yeah. It just feels a little bit more like Mm post-apocalypse. Like, you know, she meets a street fighter. Yeah. And she has her farm with her grandma. Yeah. Um, And I don't... I just like the vibes. They're in France, though, which is right. not my favorite vibe. Right. It's been so long since I've read so these. Like, you're talking about, about it. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> At the end of Cinder, mm-hmm. when she is talking to the girl on the screen, is that the Rapunzel character? I think it might be Chris. I'm not positive. Because she, she be just mentions a bunch yeah. of hair. And it's I was like, Chris. oh, I think that's probably the it's, Rapunzel character. Yeah. But she hasn't come back yet. No, like, in the beginning she's... of Scarlet, we, we were introduced to Scarlet, mm-hmm. who's Little Red Riding Hood. And... Uh, Cinder is escaping prison, mm-hmm. and that's as far as I've gotten. So. I really want to listen to them again because I've never read Winter, which is the last of the four main books. You've never read it? Nope. Mm-mm. So you, you've never finished the series? No, I've never finished the series because I read those three like back to back to back to back. Yeah, and I didn't have Winter. And wow. Maybe it wasn't even out. I don't know. And then I kind of went time passed, and I just never picked up Winter, and so. And there's a couple, like, compendiums, and, like, there's a prequel. Yeah, I, you know. Interesting. You take or leave it. Um, but I uh, I kind of want to listen to those three before I would revisit Winter, because mm-hmm. it's been so long, and I really liked them. So yeah. there's a part of me that's like, oh, I should just, like, listen to them fast and then listen mm-hmm. to Winter. Well, I'm sure they would be pretty easy to listen to. Especially because I read them once before. Well, yeah. <laughs> I just... Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that Cinder... Was only from the perspective of Cinder and Kai. And Kai, that's right. Yeah. Mostly Cinder. And I think that's the same for Scarlet. I think we get Wolf's perspe- perspective, but. Well, it's been. It's Scarlet. It's been Scarlet's point of view and Cinder's. Oh, Cinder's in that one too, mm-hmm. right away? Okay, I wasn't sure if she um, came back later. And I think that's it so far. Mm-hmm. It hasn't gone to Wolf's perspective. I'm not sure if it does or not. Because, like, that's kind of part of his thing. Like, it I'm seems, not going to get into it. It uh, seems like his thing. Yeah. Just off the bat. So yeah, I'm right. curious to find out. Yeah. It was so fun. I, I love like those it. books. They're just so delightful. It's very fun. So, yeah, anyway, I wanted to end on that one because I'll probably talk about others or all of them next time, depending yeah. on how quickly I get through them. Hopefully faster than six months. I remembered I brought Cinder with me on the plane when I flew to Colorado, and that was oh, in wow. March. Yeah, yeah. 
and I had read some of it then. So mm. you just have to take time. <laughs> Jewel toes dipped into the waters. Uh, anyway, it's much better than you know. It shouldn't take you six months to read it. It's much better than that. <laughs> I got another book that I loved. Amazing. I know. Oh, I know. I know. I know. All right. And this was another spontaneous one I just picked up. Buy books. <laughs> no. <laughs> Go bankrupt. I have bought plenty of books. This is not the solution. <laughs> I have bought all of the books that I just talked about. Mm-hmm. No, I did not buy the the one I listened to. Mm. The Local Woman Missing. The other ones, I I bought them all this year. I've yeah. spent more money on books this year than probably the rest of my life. I have probably spent less money on books this year, and I still probably spent more books on than like you have. <laughs> this year? We should compare. Oh, I don't think we should. <laughs> it would be a good <laughs> lesson for both of us. <laughs> Reality check. I've been doing better, but I still have ways to go. Um, what I listened to that I loved is Mexican Gothic. Oh, you told me this, yeah. Uh, you know, and I was reading the reviews, and people were hating on it. And I was like, what is How your problem? You, you come into my house. I, I, I think the people who are hating on it, I was like, you don't know what a gothic novel is. <laughs> Which is very arrogant of me. But that's how I felt about it. <laughs> I was like, you've never read this genre before. Now, what is a gothic novel? Okay. I don't know if I have a textbook definition for you, but I know what. Like, it's not Evanescence. It's like, no. It's like Wuthering Heights. It's like Jane Eyre. It's like Dracula. It's like Frankenstein. I've never read any of those books. I've read all of them. <laughs> so <laughs> spooky. Well, and there's like this, like, all of those have an element of, like, horror, but also kind of the romantic in a, in a way, but not, like, necessarily in a good way. Like, it often revolves around, like... Winners all around. <laughs> like Crimson Peaks is a perfect example. Yeah. The I, movie Crimson Peaks. I thought Peaks. that's where you were going with that. Yes. It's not, it's not my thing. Yes. Uh, often it's a big old scary house, but not always, you know. Tom Hiddleston's there. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston's there. <laughs> we're breaking skulls. We're breaking sinks. I don't remember which, but it was very gruesome. Made me very nauseous. <laughs> Yes, someone got their head beat in. It was, it was awful. Sink. I think it was Bobby, which is why it so affected you. Awful, and it was just too real. It was like, that's what, why do you know what that would look like? <coughs> True. What have these people seen? Why did you recreate that exactly scientifically the way it would have happened? And why is it forever in my head now? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> oh, but gothic. Um, Ick. No. <laughs> I'm hitting ick. He's spooky. Ick. But I love it. And it's, um, I don't know, it's just this, like, growing, like, dread, kind of, and mystery, I feel like they all have, where it's, like, some innocent person walks into this scenario and, like, something's not right. Cool. And it just keeps being that right. We love a sense of dread. And they gotta figure it out. And um, I love this book because they did that so well. And it's this woman who lives in this, like, very um, rich, like, Mexican family. And uh, her father, I can't remember what he does, but he's a rich man. And she's, like, a socialite, okay? 
And Do rich men do anything? And he gave me Godfather vibes. Yeah. I don't know that he was actually in crime. Um, and he was like... They're all in crime. <laughs> he was basically like, you know how your your cousin just like ran off and married that like rich white boy over there, you know? And he's like, yeah. He was like, she's writing us these letters. I think something's wrong. She's crazy. You need to go check on your cousin, basically. Go stay with your cousin, visit your cousin as they used to do back in the day. You know, I'll go live with you for a month. Um, and see, make sure she's okay. So she goes to this family's house to check on her cousin, and they're all like, your cousin has consumption or something. You of know, course. Maybe not it's consumption. consumption. It's something like one of those diseases. And, um, and she's like, well, consumption doesn't make people crazy. You know, I'm pretty sure that's not what consumption does. And, um, consumption be crazy. This family is just like, none of them are really nice to her. Of course, they're going to put her up and be welcoming enough, you know, but like, she's getting creepy white supremacist vibes off of the old man who still is alive and owns the estate, you know, like he's just weird. He's got like Nazi books on his shelf, you know, it's, it's not good. It's not good. He's always like, you're an exotic beauty, you know? Um, and, uh, it's got everything folks. Uh, let's see. I, one of the things that I think honestly helped me enjoy this book so much is I saw a fan casting for Mm -hmm. it and it was the best fan casting I've ever seen. I was like, absolutely. That's who these people are. Amazing. Absolutely. The it was the author's Pinterest board. I was just like, yes, yes, Alexander Skarsgård is this husband of He's this cousin. Obviously, the creepy woman from Hereditary is the lady who's living in this house, who's mm. running the show. Sure. Obviously, you know, I can't was it President Snow? I can't remember who the other guy was. <laughs> and I was just like, obviously, the flashbacks of the girl who killed her whole family, like, that's obviously... What's her name? It's not her. What's her name? Anya Taylor Joy. <laughs> and like, she slowly is basically like trying. Like she starts having these weird dreams, and she's like, "Is this real? Is this not?" Uh, I guess trigger warning. There is some like sexual assault vibes going on here and uh she starts to like uncover the history of this family by talking to people in the town and and even just maybe visions um but basically like the history is like they came over and um what was it they were like looking for the like immortality basically mm. and they found like the of the people who lived here like the shaman priests were using this like mushroom in their ceremonies and they're like oh my gosh this this is it this is gonna give us eternal life that's what um, they say about shrooms and uh somehow i can't remember i'm i was not paying enough attention to this part to remember it but like there was cannibalism involved and you um, keep checking all the boxes. It's creepy. Of everything that I hate. It's really creepy. And um we've got fungus. We've got cannibalism. And there's a lot of fungus. And um there's this like other boy who lives there and she you've got you get the feeling she kind of like starts to like him because he's kind. You know, like he's not like his family. I'll you know. Basically. <laughs> and um 
So anyway, you get the idea that like they're wanting to procreate to keep their line going, and they need stronger blood. So like they're finding these Mexican girls to like procreate with, Gross. and basically so that the man who's like right now the dying old grandpa can like President Snow. Yes, because <laughs> fungus is like a micro attached organism, where it's all connected, can like basically be rebirthed into a new body by them all like partaking in the mushrooms so he, like, he can be reborn <laughs> I hate this. it was such an interesting little like sci-fi twist to a gothic horror I novel don't want to be here it was fascinating and they did such a good job with it I should have said full spoilers before getting in here anyway it's very exciting because they're like she's like okay we gotta get out of here at some point and they're like they're convinced that she's gonna marry the boy she kind of likes because they're like might as well you know let's keep the line going you can this man has a wife and you can marry him well the gross alexander skarsgård man is like no 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 i want this one too and um so like we're fighting each other now we got knives and crap we're we're getting out of this haunted house and we're burning it to the ground and like but we're running up we're not gonna leave the crazy cousin and we don't want to leave the innocent brother and we're just trucking and it was very exciting. It was very thrilling. And it wasn't a sad ending. They got out. <laughs> they burned the house down. Cool. <laughs> Mushroom boy's still there. Maybe he'll be a problem in the future. But <laughs> mushroom boy. We like mushies. Mm. Our mushroom boy. <laughs> Interesting. Just won't let him have any kids. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it was a very good gothic horror novel. Like, they really, they really did it to us. I was like, oh, you know, like, maybe it'll be like Crimson Peak. I liked Crimson Peak. And it, it, it do be. <laughs> it should be a movie, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it was written I, like a movie. No, thank you. <laughs> Had enough gross fungus this year. Enough gross With fungus. The Last of Us. <laughs> It was gross in the game. It was much grosser in the show. See, it would do well in today's. It probably would. <laughs> and they should cast exactly the cast that that lady who knows what she's doing. Right? Fan casting it as funny. That would be hilarious. Oh man, so good. I I do feel like I've I've seen that book everywhere. Like the did, late girl in the red dress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did it do well? It did when it came out. Like, well, it came oh. out and there was a lot of buzz about How it. Old is I think it? it probably got sent to a bunch of booktubers. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe like five six years. Okay. I don't know. I'm kind of surprised it yeah. hasn't been a movie. Honestly, same. It seemed popular enough. Mm -hmm. So so yeah, a lot of the critical reviews were like. This just wasn't as groundbreaking as everyone acted like it was. And then a lot of them were like the are going more detailed. I was just like, this feels like a traditional gothic horror novel, but they put in some new sci-fi-ish stuff. Sure, which worked for me. I don't. Know. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> I it doesn't sound like something I would enjoy, yeah. but I'm I'm glad I, you read a book you liked. I can't say that you've enjoyed any of the gothic horror that I've <laughs> foisted upon it you. Doesn't <laughs> seem like my vibe. <laughs> Like sci-fi is really not my vibe, but but she's but found I think a couple things. I can I can I've got my toe in the door. Yeah. You, know? mm -hmm. you like the haunting of Hill House, which I felt like was a modern version of gothic horror to a certain extent. Mm. 
I mean, I did, gothic. but also, like, I probably cried. Yeah. Because it scared me. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> well, it's doing what it's trying to do really it's well fine. for you. <laughs> oh. I'm still tough. I'm still, I'm still tough, guys. Oh, man. All right. Well. That was a random smattering. That was. But hey, I liked most of these books. I'm Can glad you for it? you. I'm proud of you. Thanks. Look <laughs> at you. Like in reading Not again. hating the books you're reading. It just felt good. I felt like a kid again. I was like, wow, look at me go. I just, here's the thing. I just want you to realize <laughs> no one's making you read books that you don't like. I know. That's your choice. I think I'm going to like them. That's why I pick them up. When I was in school, I was forced <laughs> to read books I did not enjoy. And when I got out of school, I was like, no more of that. <laughs> no more of that. If I'm not enjoying this book, I will put it away. Well, I enjoyed both of these books. And both of these books. The I, other two See, sucked, the thing but... about me that I think is what gets me down the road so far with these books is that, like... It's an abusive relationship, no. and you let the book... No, no, no. It's that I don't finish things I like. I don't. I, I, if it were up to me, I just wouldn't finish things. And so my whole life has been like, no, you have to finish things. You have to get better at finishing things, Lydia. You can't just be distracted and not finish anything. That's very unsatisfying, and you hate how that makes you feel. So you have to fight to finish the things. And so I lock into finishing things. I mean... I get that. I, guess. <laughs> I just feel like you should be able to tell the difference of whether or not you're enjoying something. Yeah. Well, it's hard too because I've read lots of books where I was like, oh, I didn't love how this started, but then it got really good, you know, and so. But you've read enough books now that you yeah. should be able to tell. I've gotten a little bit better. I DNF'd a book. One. <laughs> it was the first one. Good job. I DNF'd a whole series. And I'm giving it away. So I guess you could say I'm fully recovered. Okay. <laughs> we'll check in next time. <laughs>